Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low-dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to this archived LDN Research Trust conference presentation. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, this is Professor Dr. Dana Flavin speaking. I'm uh, actually a physician, a toxicologist, a pharmacologist, and a nutrient biochemist. I have been in cancer research since 1980 and um, been very fortunate to be finding and having found many, many therapies that have reversed uh, cancer in my patients, including stage 4 melanoma, stage 4 colon cancer, uh, breast cancer, and lung cancer. Uh, We have been working on some of the other areas and some new areas of physics in our work. Uh, The title of this talk is Reversing Cancer with Biochemistry. Um, It actually should also include biophysics, but I'm not, I haven't finished that part yet. So let's just start with Reversing Cancer with Biochemistry. The Foundation for Collaborative Medicine and Research was started in 2001 uh, after I reversed a stage 4 breast cancer patient whose brain was full of metastases, and I'll show you that later. Um, My foundation is in Greenwich, Connecticut. However, I live in Germany and travel all over the world for patients and do many Skype consultations. Let me show you a little bit more about my work. Uh, Here is uh, the second slide, steps to reverse cancer. This is what I've found over all the years um, of working with cancer patients and what what worked and and does it work in everyone, et cetera, et cetera. And there are basics uh, in cancer therapy that are very important. And the first one is detoxification. So what we do is we get rid of heavy metals, fungal infections, parasites, and viruses. Um, I actually should add in bacteria here, too, because we're finding out that many bacteria, for example, from the, from the mouth, uh, from periodontitis, etc., cetera, um, we're seeing that the bacteria can go into different organs and can go into cancer cells and also help them to grow. <clears throat> the parasites can either cause cancer or come in as opportunistic um, infections. We see both, actually, uh, very commonly. Viruses can lower the immune system, but they can also stimulate tumor growth. So we have things like papillomavirus or uh, hepatitis virus and hepatomas and so on. Um, Epstein-Barr virus is a big culprit, and Epstein-Barr virus, unfortunately, is uh, lowering the immune system for life if it's uh, a chronic infection. In the diet, uh, we recommend an alkaline diet, no sugar, red meat, no white flour. Um, We have patients on more uh, vegetarian types of foods. Uh, They don't have to be totally vegetarian. We do allow some fish once in a while, uh, wild caught preferably to make sure there aren't extra heavy metals coming into the the body. And, um, of course, no sugar, no red meat, and that means no pork, no beef. Um, every once in a while, some of my colleagues have said, lamb is all right. I do allow that about once every two months, but that's about it. Um, and the wheat, unfortunately, is so changed that the only, the only grain products that I allow are uh, rice, brown rice preferably, uh, quinoa, kamut, um, spelt, and uh, buckwheat and rye, of course. Now, nutrient supplements, there are specific anti-cancer nutrients that I will talk about later on, um, but this is what we give our patients in order to make sure that their bodies come back to a good immune system and and help them off. Uh, The next one, off-label drugs, the last one here, that's targeted pharmaceutical therapies. These are things like metformin and, of course, low-dose naltrexone, which we're going to be talking about more today. Um, And that I'll go on further to give you some more information on this on slide three. Now, detoxification, the heavy metals that we're finding in tumors, um, 
and breast cancer is really heavy, full of heavy metals, which is a, a, a we don't know where they're all coming from. Some of them are coming from the water. Some are coming from the the breads where they're using aluminum in in the uh, part of the the, the bread uh, mixture. Uh, it's uh, usually mixed in with the chemicals uh, as part of the chemical. Mercury also, we're seeing that in fish and lead, of course, and mercury also from fillings. These are They leach out after time, and if you have an acidic diet, they leach out even more and go right into those tumors. The parasites, again, one of them, of course, is, is Helicobacter pylori, which has been known and proven to cause stomach cancers and ulcers. Um, we look for that, but we look for many other ones, too, and sometimes we we just uh, do a cleanse in general, knowing that there has to be something there because colon cancers, for example, usually have parasites. Fungi candida is a big candidate, and that surrounds all tumor cells. Now, the tumors are really acidic. They make their own acid. It's kind of a protection mechanism, basically. But fungi, like candida, love to be around acid. So they grow and help the tumors to grow, and the tumors help the acid to grow. So that's where we work on getting rid of fungal infections. Now, viruses, as I said, Epstein-Barr virus, hepatitis, papilloma, and so on, um, these play a role in, in, uh, in cancer by weakening the, weakening the immune system and causing inflammation in many areas. And the inflammation uh, over time leads then to, to uh, cancers by causing eventual damage with chromosomes in the, in the normal cells so that they then become tumor cells. Okay, let me go on to a patient, and this really surprised me. This young man uh, is from India, and he came to me as a 21-year-old patient with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and all we did was detox him. We put him on a special diet, got him off of any refined um, uh, processed foods. We got him off of uh, eating um, of fish because the the uh, the ocean around the Bombay area is full of heavy metals. So we got him off of eating street food also, getting him on organic foods, and we detoxed him from heavy metals. And this is what what we got three three months later, that the tumor was completely gone. And I have to say I was very surprised at what a major role uh detoxification place and helping to reverse cancers. Now let's go on to the uh, fifth uh, slide here. This is about the different alkaline foods, and these are the ones that also have anti-cancer properties. It's very interesting. For example, broccoli there, uh, as you see on the right-hand side, uh, broccoli is full of sulforaphane. Sulforaphanes are very, very important for balancing out the, uh, the normal cells and um, we know that sulforaphanes, for example, in breast cancer can actually reverse breast cancer. They, they showed this at the German Cancer Research Center using broccoli sprouts. Much to my surprise, the tumors went away in vitro um, utilizing the sulforaphanes. So the diet of spinach or kale, cucumbers, broccoli, even avocados and celery and red pepper are all really, really helpful. I do include also carrots in this um, because carrots have other other properties that are very important, including trace minerals that are part of the root products and um, root plants, excuse me, and the, the uh, root plants are very full of, uh, of trace minerals that are very important in order to balance out the DNA in cancer. So these are, these are just the basics. This is obviously not everything in alkaline foods is a huge list, but this is just a, a ballpark idea of what what we we can think about for alkaline foods, and the rest is on the Internet. Here's number six, not the sixth slide, uh, nutrient support and cancer therapy, what it does. Okay, it enhances standard therapy. Some of my patients insist on being on chemo and other therapies. Um, that's not a problem because what I use for nutrient support therapy does not have an inhibitory effect on any of the, um, of the cancer therapies. We could decrease the side effects of, for example, fish oil helps to decrease side effects of, uh, of chemo. Um, we can increase the immune system, um, and that's where many of these substances will cause the chemotherapy to be short-lived. They'll be just as effective, but it, the effects on the immune system will be minimized. And there's a shorter recovery time, so the patients say that by the next day they're feeling much better and they can go on. 
um, it does prolong survival regardless. And these these uh, this effect the the nutrients actually when we don't have chemo, um, and the patients decide on immunotherapy, we we see a very major shift in reversals of the cancers in these patients. Um, let me go into the seventh slide here. This is these are some of the nutrients that that I've been using over the years and researching out. Um, I started out looking at this back in oh gosh I think it was 1978 1979 when I was writing a book on molecular alterations in tumor promotion and cancer. It's all chemistry and biochemistry. It would probably bore any average person, but as far as the science goes, what it did was it opened my eyes to let me see that there were certain nutrients that actually worked at molecular levels in tumor cells. Now, this was something where I, as a former pharmacologist at the Food and Drug Administration and toxicologist, did not want to believe. And the more I researched it, the more I realized that there are mechanisms involved in all of these substances that help to reverse the cancers and to protect against um, further cancers in the body. The, the list here with the cod liver oil, of course, is with vitamin A and D. Um, then we use vitamin D3 additionally, uh, helps to fight against depression as well as stabilizing the membrane, helps immune system too. Now, Boswellia serrata, you probably look at this and think, what on earth is that? That's actually frankincense. goes back to the, to the Old Testament um, and uh, the New Testament. So if you're talking about frankincense, um, gold frankincense and myrrh, well, frankincense is a very, very good anti-inflammatory uh, has helped reverse brain metastases and brain tumors. So it's a very interesting compound. It inhibits two major uh, enzymes. Uh, one's a lipoxygenase and the other one is a COX-2 that makes the prostaglandins. So then the melatonin, um, many mechanisms involved there. I use it predominantly in um, uh, hormone-sensitive cancers uh, because of the fact that it helps in breast cancer, ovarian cancer, and so on. Ascorbic acid, of course, that's, uh, that can be given intravenous also uh, at certain levels, up to 20 grams. Uh, it helps uh, between 20 and 30. It's not good. Um, and then over 30, they say that it's helpful too, but these are colleagues that give it infusions, which I don't. Sodium selenide. Now, sodium selenide actually binds up heavy metals and helps to fight viruses, ironically, in tumor cells. So sodium selenide is the only form of selenium that I will allow because the selenomethionine, the normal one that you buy that just says selenium, uh, unfortunately is not good for cancer patients uh, because of the methionine that's in it. So butyric acid, um, that's actually in ghee. Ghee is refined butter, and uh, it uh, helps the gastrointestinal bacteria to give you the good bacteria and has anti-cancer properties. Iodine, of course, too, because we have low thyroid in most of our cancer patients. Uh, the thyroid activities are very low. We use Magnescent. It's a, it's a special form of iodine. Now, fish oil, I give fish oil the omega-3s. Um, usually only give 1 to 2 grams maximum a day. It cuts down all inflammation. It has a fantastic uh, benefit uh, with no side effects, and uh, it's very helpful against cancer and against aging, by the way. Um, Tumorec or curcumin, that's been proven time and time again to hit so many factors in cancer that two of my major, major ingredients in my cancer patients' uh, therapies are Buswellia and Tumorec or curcumin uh, because they work synergistically and are very, very helpful to cut down inflammation. The last two, nicotinamide and lactoferrin, I don't use as often. Um, lactoferrin is wonderful if you have uh, abscess lesions in the mouth. Uh, but it has other effects too. It just, as I said, I don't use it as often. The uh, the other, the former ones are are more common. Now this is kind of the next slide. Number eight is a funny one. Um, eat fish, right? Now remember, now look where he's fishing. Okay, this is a a non-contaminated uh, river. Believe me, there are some. I don't know where, but there are some. Um, the fish has a lot of heavy metals in it that are, that are the smaller fish. The bigger fish have less heavy metals. Um, it was, this was told to me by a specialist on, uh, on heavy metals at Sloan Kettering, and she said that uh, the big fish, like the tuna fish, etc., are very high in heavy metals, but the smaller fish um, are not, and uh, that they're safer to eat. And that um, the not the farm raised, but the wild caught salmon is fine. 
um, because that that doesn't have the uh, nitrites in it, doesn't have the antibiotics in it. So eat fish; it's good for you. Here's slide nine. Um, these are these are the, uh, the 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 nutrients that actually affect the mitochondria. Now, for any of you who know cancer or who have ever seen any slides of it, um, the mitochondria are are increased in number in cancer cells amazingly, where it's beginning to appear that the DNA of the mitochondria is actually running those tumor cells more than anything. So we're looking into that a little bit now. Um, Beta-carotene inhibits uh, a gene in in the mitochondria. It's it's called BCL2. I call it a bad guy gene because it actually protects the tumor cells. So beta-carotene inhibits there. Now, alpha-tocopherol, the vitamin E, I only use the succinate form because the other vitamin E's protect the tumor. But the succinate form, the dry form, uh, does not protect tumors. There's a lot of work on prostate cancer with this where it's been very helpful. Retinoic acid is not a natural nutrient. It's synthetic. It actually hits cancer stem cells, which overlap uh, with their their metabolism, just like a, a fetal cell. That's why retinoic acid is not allowed in pregnant women because it can cause uh, damage to the fetus. But on the contrary, in cancer, it causes damage to the cancer stem cells. And so that's why we often use this, not always, um, but we do when we need it. Quercetin also that works on the membrane of the tumor cells. And betulinic acid is in Chagas mushrooms, believe it or not and uh, especially the ones from Russia. They're, they're grown on um, uh, birch trees, and they, they uh, absorb the betulinic acid from there and have a direct anti-cancer effect. So I use that in uh, melanoma. I've been able to reverse stage 4 melanoma with, with these uh, combination therapies, but betulinic acid was one of the main ones. So let me go into slide 10 here and give you some more information on this. This is where now... I know this. You look at this and you think, "Oh my God, Professor Flavin, you're out of your mind." We're not going to know what this is. Well, some of you might, but the main thing is, all the ones inside in red are the bad guys. Okay, those are all the things that help tumors to grow, help to protect the tumors, um, and uh, help the tumors to continue dividing. And all the things in the green on the outside, those are all the things that fight cancers. Um, as they go down from the right, vitamin E, succinate, alpha-lipoic acid, they work on the mitochondria. Beta-carotene works on that gene, that BCL2 gene, as I said. Now, I've got pancreatin in there. That works on the chromosomes and also works on something called transforming growth factor beta. Um, that actually, when it blocks it, it actually raises immune system. So these are the pancreatic enzymes. I'm not using them as much anymore because I haven't needed them. I only use them for a reserve in patients where we're really advanced. But they, um, the pancreatic enzymes are, are very helpful in helping the immune system. And zinc inhibits a substance in tumor cells that is um, that is opened up when there's low oxygen. And for those of you who know cancer, cancer is low in oxygen. It's a form of fermentation that these cells are going through. They call it glycolysis. And uh, it's a whole different mechanism involved uh, in cell replication. So it's similar to, uh, similar to making uh, beer, actually, <laughs> or something that's fermented. So that's where the hypoxia-inducible factor uh, is opened up and helps the cells to replicate and zinc blocks that. So the mTOR, mTOR is an interesting uh, substance in that mTOR, when they block it, animals live longer. But there are a lot of foods that inhibit mTOR, so that's why it's important to to uh, know those foods, things like uh, onions and so on, garlic, they also help to block mTOR. But curcumin is a really good one. That helps for prolonging life, and metformin, which is a diabetic drug, um, also blocks mTOR. Metformin has a lot of other mechanisms of anti-inflammatory and uh, blocking uh, actually the macrophages that move into tumor cells and actually change when they're in the tumors, and they help the tumors to grow. So metformin works there, but again, it's a diabetic drug, so you have to that has to be used with caution, and you should never... Take it on your own. You need to have uh, medical supervision on that. ECGC is nothing other than green tea extract. Green tea extract works on uh, 
on, on blood vessel growth, okay? So it helps to slow down blood vessel growth that the tumors need to grow. So by blocking that, you decrease the, the um, growth potential in the tumor cells. And then there's vitamin D3 stabilizing the membrane. And there's quercetin on the left, that's on the bottom. That's uh, blocking uh, epidermal growth factor. Um, the growth factors help, obviously, tumors to grow. So quercetin uh, plays a role there. I believe it's in avocado, but I'll have to look that up again. Um, and then on the next one, we've got fish oil and statins. I don't use statins very often, only once in a while, because they lower CoQ10 in the, in the heart and in the muscles, and that's not good. Um, I'm totally against statins if patients shift from, who have high cholesterol, shift from a a non-organic diet with pesticides and go into an organic diet where they're no longer getting the pesticides, believe it or not, their cholesterol levels drop. So we know pesticides increase cholesterol. So number one, if you want to get rid of cholesterol, change your diet, make sure you're eating um, organic foods. Uh, Fish oil also helps to downregulate this gene. That's another reason I use the fish oil. Now the vitamin A, um, again, retinoic acid also fits in there too, um, inhibits an enzyme called ornithine decarboxylase. Now, ODC is actually a, a, an enzyme that is the rate-limiting step in DNA synthesis, and what it does is it makes a couple of products called polyamines, and they go into the DNA and they help to lock that DNA into a replication form so that it continues replicating, and that's why the vitamin A or retinoic acid and or are very, very important in cancer because they have this inhibitory effect. So DCA, this is not a nutrient, and this it's certainly not a normal drug. It's used in children for congenital lactic acidosis. Now, that's where they make too much lactic acid. Now, for those of you who know anything about cancer, what does it do? It makes a lot of lactic acid because that mitochondria is messed up. It's uh, hyperpolarized, and the enzyme that DCA inhibits actually helps to let an amino acid go back into uh, into the mitochondria so that you no longer make lactic acid, and that, that's pyruvate. And pyruvate is, uh, uh, when there's a cancer, the pyruvate does not go into the mitochondria. Instead, it makes more lactic acid. So the DCA helps to block that whole chain reaction, helps to um, repolarize the mitochondria to a normal activity, helps to drop that lactic acid in the, in the uh, tumors so that the fungi stop growing, so that the tumors stop growing. And I've had some fantastic results with DCA. I'm quite impressed with it. It was later discovered uh, by Dr. Mikolakis in Canada that it worked on, on cancer cells. Um, earlier, it was used by Dr. Stackpole by, uh, with children since 1988. So we know it's a safe drug, and... Um, the toxicity levels are very minimum. It's usually numbness and tingling in the fingertips and the toes, which is a lot better than having a cancer grow. And the last one are the non-steroid anti-inflammatory drugs, um, aspirin, believe it or not, and, of course, Boswellian and curcumin. They have inhibitory effects on uh, these different inflammatory enzymes. So let's go into the next slide, um, number 11. And uh, here's kind of an example of what's going on in, in cancers. Uh, you, you have, let's start with the mast cells. Um, mast cells are actually um, normally thought of in things like uh, asthma and allergies. But the mast cells actually around tumor and tumor areas change. And they're changing. What happens when they change is that they actually end up um, stimulating tumor growth by releasing histamines and they also lower the immune system. So this is a real problem because they're increasing the number of T suppressor cells. Those are the bad guys, the, the cells that, that lower your immune system. So the macrophages also change. I told you the tumors are smart. Anything that gets around them or in them uh, changes its properties and actually helps the tumors to grow. So it comes in as an enemy and gets converted into a friend and uh, helps the tumors to grow. So DCA as you see here, will block this macrophage activity and has an inhibitory effect on mast cells. So that's really neat. That's, that's why it's a multifactorial uh, protection in cancer, so that it's not just doing one thing, it's, it's having a combination of effects. 
Um, I have up here citrus pectin. Um, citrus pectin actually comes from pectin. And it uh, has been shown to have an inhibitory effect on fibroblasts. Now, fibroblasts around tumors uh, release growth factors. Fibroblasts in the rest of our body help with collagen and keeping membranes stable, etc. But in cancer, again, it changes, and uh, they start releasing growth factors. So the citrus pectin has an inhibitory effect there and is said to help prevent bone metastases in cancer. So then I'm going to show a little bit more down here. The Reblimid, that is a um, that is a chemical drug that is used in multiple myeloma. Um, it also has an effect on macrophages, but I won't go into that in detail because it's an it's an off-label drug that I don't use that often. Now, in, as far as tumor growth, here you see on the right the BEGF, INOS, COX2, TNF. Those are the first one's blood vessel growth, the second one's inflammation, the third one's inflammation, and the last one um, is also inflammation, tumor necrosing factor. Um, one would think, oh, tumor necrosing factor, that's, that's got to be necrosing the tumors. No, it doesn't. It helps them to grow. So what we have are inhibitors here on the bottom that are put in there. Nicotinamide is one. Um, that's just a basic vitamin that can actually uh, have an inhibitory effect on inflammation. ECGC, as I said, is, is a green tea. Tamoxifen is a, a synthetic drug that I don't particularly use, um, but some of my colleagues give it for estrogen-sensitive uh, breast cancers uh, or other estrogen-sensitive tumors, believe it or not. Sometimes um, we see that it's been helpful in things like uh, gallbladder cancer, um, prostate cancer, ironically, and uh, in ovarian cancer. So it's used in, in many of these estrogen-sensitive uh, cancers. And doxycycline on the bottom. Um, doxycycline, as most of you know, is an antibiotic. Now you're saying, what the heck does an antibiotic have to do with cancer? Well, it's a multiple mechanism there. And it, it, the work that was done on it is very interesting. Um, I'm just concerned about what it does to the gastrointestinal bacteria. So that's why when any of my patients are on an antibiotic, like Doxy, Doxy has a direct inhibitory effect on some cancers. Um, I make sure that they've got a good probiotic, and often we put them on something like, uh, believe it or not, sauerkraut, which increases the good guy bacteria, which is the bifidum bacteria. Um, immune therapy does not work without good bifidum bacteria. Now we're getting into the immune targets, and this is where we're going to start coming into... Um, uh, more and more in relationship to where and how the immune system is helped. And the LDN, um, I got started on LDN um, just a couple of years ago. I knew about it for over 10 years, but I'm, I'm sure many of you realize that there's an awful lot of stuff on the Internet that they just want to sell a product that, or they just want to be famous or that it's an ego trip or God only knows whatever else. And they push this and they push that and they say, oh, this will cure you and this will help you and only 20,000 or 10,000 pounds or dollars or whatever it is, uh, you know, and you can buy this and it will save your life and basically most of these turn out to be nothing. My job as a scientist and physician um, and responsible for human lives is to make sure that if something is used, it's necessary, it's effective, and it isn't going to um, cause the patients to no longer comply because they're taking too much. That's a huge problem. And this is something where I have also seen patients go absolutely broke um, buying this or buying that or going to this clinic or that clinic and spending really hundreds of thousands of, of, of pounds and dollars uh, to try to save their life only to find out that they've basically been robbed. So it's, it's scary. And when I look at this, I feel that, that we as physicians hopefully have an ethical obligation to make sure that our patients are protected um, for their health and financially, that they're not taken to the cleaners. So this is why I looked at LDN, and I, I knew of Bihari um, in uh, New York. I was actually living there at the time, and um, Sagan, Sagan had discovered it. But Bihari said it helped in cancer, but I didn't have any mechanisms or proof. And before I would recommend something, I have to make sure, does it work? Is it effective? Um, is it important? How important? What to do? And so that's when I started looking into more into the immune system and cancer. And as you can see on the top, I, 
uh, the T regulatory cells. Those are those are cells that are um, um, actually lower in the immune system. They're T suppressor cells. Now they call them T regulatory cells. Uh, there's a chemo that actually lowers them, but they only give it once. That's Professor Robinson's work and tubing and nice work. Revlimid also will will uh, actually um, lower these immune suppressive cells, but it's something that's used in multiple myeloma and not recommended in general for cancer. Now, here's where the LDN comes in, low-dose naltrexone. And this is really, really interesting. As I said, I researched it out for 10 years before I even thought about using it because I wanted to know, did it do something? Well, yes, it does. In fact, it does an awful lot. It does so much more than I ever expected. The LDN um, lowers a T suppressor group called FOXP3. Those are those are immune suppressive cells. And so LDN, just by, by lowering these immune suppressive cells, raises the immune system. In fact, it should probably be applied in every type of immunotherapy that's given because of the fact that it will enhance the efficacies okay, of the immunotherapy. But it does more than that. Low-dose naltrexone also um, increases the uh, endorphins. Now, you know how the people talk about a runner's high when when people are doing these heavy duty sports and they're actually they're like drugged on it they're so excited about it well low dose naltrexone uh, increases endorphins and they are anti pain and anti inflammatory so that's kind of interesting because you're getting a combination of things going on here with LDN um, you're you're lowering inflammation you're raising the immune system and uh, you're cutting out pain. So it's not that strong to cut out pain, but it's helpful, okay? So that was the LDN. Now, some of the other things, um, smetidine spelled wrong here. I apologize for that. But MDSC, myeloid-derived suppressor cells, also lower the immune system. Um, they're blocked with uh, tagamet or smetidine, which is, uh, which is just a stomach uh, antihistamine drug, but it actually has immune-raising uh, effects. The mast cells, I sometimes give chromalin. Chromalin is what they give to people that have asthma, and uh, it blocks the release of histamine from the mast cells. Um, as you saw, the metformin does that too. So it's an interesting combination of effects that I get with my patients. Sometimes I don't need chromalin. I just, just use the uh, metformin, and um, I'm trying to find other things that will downregulate those mast cells more effectively, and I've been looking at that for quite some time. And the last one is the transforming growth factor beta that lowers the immune system, and that's where the pancreatic enzymes play a role. That was work done by um, um, by a colleague here from uh, the company Bobo Mugos. I'm not sure if they're still making the enzymes, um, but that, that was very, very interesting work. There were several books on it, and it showed how transforming growth factor beta lowered the immune system and how pancreatic enzymes would block that transforming growth factor beta. So that's kind of cool. So now we're getting to the natural, natural, um, the, um, the killer cells, okay, your natural killer cell activation, and that's where your mushrooms come in. Um, it's kind of interesting. Of course, also Revlimid, but again, that's a drug. I don't use that very often, but um, you can see that you can help activate with shiitake, coriolis, cordyceps, maitake. There are a lot of mushrooms um, that will actually increase your natural killer cell activation. And, of course, your FOXP3 LDN helps there because of the fact that it downregulates those T-suppressor cells, so that's another important aspect. Um, if the cortisol is too elevated in, in lo and lowers the immune system, you can give a, 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 a herb called rhodiola rosea, and that helps there. Now, here's, here's on the right-hand side, you see the cancer stem cells. Remember I told you cancer stem cells are like, they're like baby tumor cells? And um, they, they are actually baby tumor cells. And there are things that will block them. The cancer stem cells are blocked by curcumin. Okay. I mean, who would ever think? Curcumin needs to be taken with oil and black pepper, by the way, to make sure it's absorbed properly. Also, metformin, which I often use in my patients uh, as an adjuvant. And it's, uh, even though it's a diabetic drug, uh, I only use a small amount, and it also helps. And retinoic acid, again, as I said, uh, that is something that is... Um, having multiple effects, but also on the cancer stem cells. It is prescription only. It is not something that you can buy or should buy over the counter. It cannot be taken by uh, women of childbearing age that want to have children. Um, but fortunately, most cancer patients are either not of childbearing age or if they are, they're on chemo and couldn't 
uh, and shouldn't get pregnant anyway, so that's at least a plus. Now, the fungi, um, you can block that with oregano oil, but the most recent stuff I've been seeing is caprylic acid. Caprylic acid is in coconut uh, oil and coconut milk and in, um, ironically, goat goat uh, and sheep products. So goat and sheep cheese products or milk products are the only milk products I allow. I don't allow uh, go, uh, cow's milk. It has too many uh, tumor-stimulating properties, and, it, and it's too acidic. But for some reason, the, um, the caprylic acid in, in uh, a coconut or coconut milk or coconut oil uh, actually has anti-cancer properties, and the uh, goat and sheep cheese uh, or or milk, although I don't recommend much, um, are very helpful in also lowering um, fungal infections. Now let's go to number 13, lucky 13 here. So we've got reversing cancer with biochemistry. Well, the question is, can we reverse cancers with biochemistry? Um, of course, I'm a pharmacologist and a biochemist and physician, so my, my answer is yes. Um, the diet and the nutrients, when other therapies have failed, does it work? Yes. Yes, it does work. And if you had said this to me 30 years ago, I would have said, you're out of your mind, can't do anything, it's only nutrients and nutrition, how could that do anything in cancer? Cancer is a serious disease. Well, let me show you what, what it can do. See this on the left? This is a patient who came to me, again, 39-year-old female with breast cancer, brain metastases, she had had radiation, she had had chemo, uh, she had had um, the Herceptin 2, she was Herceptin positive, uh, monoclonal antibody, and, and uh, she was at one of the large university hospitals here in where I am in Munich. And um, they told her that she had three months to live. And uh, she came to me and said, well, they, they've tried everything, and they said, I'm therapied out. So I said, well we can try something. And she said, are there side effects? And I said, well, actually, no. And in those days, I was not using things like metformin and so on. I was just using diet, nutrition, nutrients. And I'd read a few articles on um, glioma and boswellia or frankincense, and it seemed to help, but I didn't know if it would do anything with her anyway because she had three months to live and was full of all these tumors, as you can see, all over the brain. So I put her on a detox diet, um, got her alkaline, got her off of uh, wheat flour and white flour and red meat and sugar and um, put her on a uh, not all vegetarian diet, but, but pretty much so, and no red meat, no sugar, etc. And uh, we did the detox from heavy metals, and uh, three months later she came back with her x-ray. Whoops, let me go back up here again. Now here's the uh, here's slide 15. This is three months after Buswellia serrata and diet regime. Now the tumors were completely gone. She came to me with an angel bursting into tears and said, I, and I thought that the tumors grew, and she said, no. She said, the radiologist said, I usually don't tell anybody anything. I leave it up to their oncologist, but I've never seen anything like this, and I have to honestly say, neither have I. I did not expect it to work. I was extremely... Uh, how can I say, um, hopeful but uh, doubtful that it would do anything. And when I saw this and saw that the tumors were all gone, I could not believe it. And they stayed away. We kept her on a very healthy diet, etc. and she had no bone metastases. She had no brain metastases. Uh, it, she, her breast cancer was basically in total remission. Now, this is something that caused me to start my foundation, Colmed, the Foundation for Collaborative Medicine and Research, because I realize that this information has to get out there. We've got too many people dying from chemo, um, and they need to know that there's there are other things that we can do. So let's go on the next slide. Um, Off-label drugs and cancer therapy. Okay, there's a, a, a new substance that's being tested for cancer called dichloroacetate. Um, uh, this is not to take away from low-dose naltrexone. Dichloroacetate works directly on the tumors. Um, low-dose naltrexone works on inflammation and raising the immune system, so that's why these two are really good together. Okay, this substance is a natural byproduct of water chlorination, and as I said before, it inhibits the, the uh, anaerobic metabolism in tumor cell mitochondria. This, quote, anaerobic metabolism is like I was saying, it's a fermentation pro process. It's, it's glycolysis. It's a different mechanism of, as our normal, normal cells have. They, they lose all their oxygen, not all, but most, 
and so it drives them onto replication, etc. And this DCA blocks that. Um, as I said, it was originally used in congenital lactic acidosis. Now let me show you the next slide, uh, number 17. Now this fellow came to me with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and um, you can see on the left where it's all red. That that's that was his lymphoma. He had been treated once with chemo, and uh, the tumors went away, and then they came back again, and they wanted to do a stem cell transplant, and he didn't want one, and he didn't want chemo again. So he asked me about dichloracetate, and I said, well, gosh, I don't know. I, you know, I have an oath to do no harm, so let me look it up, and let me read everything about it. And while I was reading everything about it, he bought it on the Internet, <clears throat> excuse me, and started taking it, calls me up seven weeks later and says, my cancer's all gone. Now, his cancer wasn't gone, but the tumors were. Let me put it this way. So this is the, the, uh, this is the, the uh, scan on the right where you see there's no more red anything. The tumors are all gone. Now, this man, was so, he was so swollen around his neck that he looked like a hamster. He couldn't even put on a T-shirt. And uh, seven weeks later, he had no more tumors. He's been on this since 2008 um, with no side effects except a little bit of numbness and tingling, and he takes... Uh, alpha lipoic acid and vitamin B1 for that, so that helps to, to keep that down. But, I mean, you know, what, what can I say? I, I was flabbergasted, and I, I, I call him my hero because I hadn't been using it before. I am now because I've seen how effective it is. Now let's go down to uh, 18. This is another patient. Um, this is a thyroid cancer, a special form of a medullary thyroid cancer. Now, this, this patient uh, had come to me in two, when was it, 2000? Was it 2000? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think it was about 2000. And um, I, I actually was able to put him on the entire diet regime and everything else. And he did go on a special chemo recommended by Dr. Gaggle at, at uh, MD Anderson, um, a dithiocarbamate. But before he went on that, they put him on a different chemo against my wishes, alas, and the tumors blew up all over his lungs, and so I put him on everything that I knew would, that would help him, um, not knowing if it would or not, because there was so little data data on the medullary thyroid cancer. So what happened was we got him in remission then, and he stayed in remission for seven years, which is typical. And then seven years later, his tumors blew up all over again. They were giving him chemo, 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 and he was nothing but tumors. All right, and his calcitonin levels, which are the tumor markers, were 39,000. Okay, now 39,000, you can imagine. The normal is like 100, all right? So um, I said, well, you know, Walter, the thing is, we don't know whether DCA will help in this type of cancer, but we can at least try it. So I made sure it was on the proper diet, the proper nutrients. I put him on the uh, adjuvant therapy. <clears throat> and uh, this is six months later with DCA, and the calcitonin levels absolutely dropped, and we put him into total remission. Now, this really, I see things like this all the time, to be perfectly honest. Again, this was before I was using low-dose naltrexone. Now I'm using low-dose naltrexone on everyone, and I used it on my, um, my, melatonin, uh, my, melatonin, my uh, melanoma patient, stage 4B melanoma. And she she's, uh, was on the diet and the detox, and she has no more cancer now. Now, she, she was so far advanced that they said there's nothing else they can do. Um, also, if you read the book Cancer Whisperer, uh, Sophie Savage was also in stage four cancer and uh, lung cancer, and uh, she's on low-dose naltrexone and, uh, and uh, my therapy, and we got rid of all of her cancers. So that really surprised me. Uh, lung cancer is a toughie. All right, let's go back down further now. I think we're getting closer to the summary. So dichloracetate for cancer support, and I'm sorry I don't have a lot of the LDN in this one. It's this is one of my talks from the university where I, I teach on a part-time basis for mechanisms of anti-cancer sub substances and how they work. My next talk will be on um, off-label drugs and low-dose naltrexone will be emphasized even more there. Um, dichloracetate uh, is a new substance that has been shown promising results in reversing many cancers. Um, it is now being combined with integrated medicine and or chemotherapy for successful reversals of even advanced cancers. Well, I'm combining with low-dose naltrexone because I'm finding that the low-dose naltrexone combined with DCA is really beautiful together, getting great remissions and um, 
by changing the diet and detoxing, uh, we seem to be on really on the right road to reversing many, many cancers and keeping patients in remission. Okay, the last but not least, off-label drugs and cancer reversals. Um, here's low-dose naltrexone right at the top. Um, as you can see, I got onto that later just because I didn't believe it. Um, I didn't have enough data. Now I know from the pharmacology, from the mechanisms, from the results in patients, that low-dose naltrexone is extremely helpful in in, uh, in cancer patients. But in, in many other diseases, too, it appears to be playing a role in helping the immune system. And once we get the immune system up again, many, many diseases are actually caused by a lower immune system, so including cancer. So we've got for the off-label drugs, we've got low-dose naltrexone, uh, metformin, again, a diabetic drug, dichloroacetate, which is a drug for children with elevated lactic acid, cimetidine for stomach ulcers, um, which actually raises immune system, chromalin, which is for asthma, okay, etraconazole, now that's actually antifungal, but it actually does have an effect by, uh, for example, lowering testosterone uh, in uh, prostate cancer, but it also has antifungal, and it also hits an enzyme right in the middle of the mitochondria. Um, it's called hexokinase 2. So, but because it has a lot of side effects, I don't use it that often. Doxycycline, again, can be helpful. I don't use it that often either, but it has been shown to have inhibitory effect on cancers. Endomethacin, now that's a drug that, that we knew of in the, in the past for arthritis, for example. Um, endomethacin has a couple of mechanisms. Um, it uh, is uh, inhibiting that ornithine decarboxylase, and it's also inhibiting um, the prostaglandin. So it cuts down inflammation around the tumors, has some direct anti-tumor effects, but it has side effects of uh, actually irritating the stomach and so on can cause stomach ulcers. So we have to be careful with that one. I don't use it for longer than two weeks if I do use it. Okay, retinoic acid, again, as I said, that is a a teratogen uh, that will destroy the um, cancer stem cells. But, again, it also has side effects. Can't use it in young people. It can cause uh, splits in the bone, very mild ones. They're like hairline fractures. Um, So we don't use it in young people. We don't use it in women that want to have children, obviously, because it is a teratogen. But it hits the cancer stem cells. So that's kind of an interesting drug. Maybendazole, and that's rather new for me. That's an anti, anti-parasitic drug. Um, but according to Dr. Dr. Um, um, Avika Sukhatma from Harvard, uh, it has effects on the cell replication. That there are, there, the growth factors, the spindles, they call them, uh, in the, uh, in the cell replication are actually blocked by, by, um, Maybendazole. You might know it as Vormex. Um, an, an anti-parasitic drug for flatworms and worms that you get from your dogs and cats, which many of us have, we don't even realize. Um, but that's mebendazole, and that does help in cancer. So I'm using that right now in some colon cancer patients. We're getting some nice results. It's killing two birds with one stone. If there's a parasite there, it gets it, uh, but it also has an inhibitory effect on the tumor growth, almost like a chemo without the major side effects. And the last, of course, is Reblimid, which I said I don't use that often. It's used predominantly in multiple myeloma. Okay, let's go on to, um, I think we're getting down here on our slides. Oh, yes. Um, okay, basically the summary. Reversing cancer with biochemistry, uh, it utilizes the pathological targets in cancer to downregulate these targets. So it hits the bad guys, basically, um, and raises the good guys. So it weakens tumor cell defense. So the tumors can't protect themselves. Upregulates immune system. That's where your LDN comes in. Beautiful, beautiful product. And increases the ability of the body to reverse the diseases. So you can see that on some of those, some of those uh, scans on the, on the patients that diet and, and detox alone plays a major role in cancer. When you start adding in these off-label drugs like LDN and metformin and DCA and so on, what you're ending up doing is you're, you're really, really turning the whole system around. So this is why some patients who have pretty good immune systems, et cetera, who are not disturbed by electromagnetic fields and who eat well, et cetera, will respond to diet, nutrition alone and, and nutrients. But other patients who have a much weaker immune system 
um, who have so much stress in their life, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and who've already been uh, treated with lots of chemos, etc., they often need um, more substances and more off-label drugs. Um, everybody should be on low-dose naltrexone, I, I, bar none. And as I said, it took me over 10 years to really research it out to make sure that it was needed, and I find that it is not only needed, but it absolutely supports this patient's immune system and helps to keep them in remission. So here's uh, here's kind of a, a funny joke. Um, we have to make fun of the, my fellow doctors um, because sometimes they're on their own planet. So this is uh, biochemistry winning over surgery, and uh, here are the surgeons all hanging out together, if you can read this. Um, like the one in the front saying, don't look at me, I slept and cheated my way through medical school. You will probably laugh at this. I'm sure some did. I didn't. I had to learn everything. But that was because I was also a graduate student at the same time. Um, And uh, the fellow on the right, sorry, you can't think after my fifth martini. A lot of alcoholics, uh, a lot of doctors are alcoholics. It's just really, I don't know whether it's from all the work and the pressure or what it is, but maybe they just need to uh, uh, shift their brains. And let me show you where I'm from. Okay, this is Steinberg, Germany. And uh, my foundation, Colmed, is uh, located, as I said, in Greenwich, Connecticut. But we we work with patients through consultations, often Skype consultations all over the world. And uh, we order our off-label drugs and prescription drugs uh, from from Germany. And they're sent to most of my patients around the world for, for those who need it. There are only a few, few places that I can get low-dose naltrexone. Uh, you all can get them in the United Kingdom, um, in Scotland, etc. And there are some colleagues that, that write for it up in, in Scotland. Uh, I find it extremely helpful in cancer, as I was saying. I want to give special thanks also to Linda uh, for putting together the LDN Foundation. I have to say she's a real hero, and uh, her work has been fantastic. What she's done to help help people um, with MS, but also with other diseases and cancer through her devotion to finding answers to diseases and especially MS and to see the effects of low-dose naltrexone, uh, I I have to say hats off to her. I think she deserves a wonderful applause and and really accolades of praise for for all that she has done. And uh, I just want to thank her for inviting me to, to give this this talk to you all, and I wish you all good health um, and uh, stay safe and uh, turn off your Wi-Fi at night. <laughs> all right. Thank you from uh, Professor Dr. Flavin, and uh, just call me Dana or Dr. Dana, and uh, I, I uh, look forward to meeting some of you one of these days in the future. Thank you. Bye-bye. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.